Welcome to episode 027, Resourcing Yourself and Stretching Your Window of Tolerance in Motherhood. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Through my personal brand of storytelling, musings, wisdom bombs and insights, we journey into motherhood, the catalyst if you so choose to become more conscious, aware and woke. I'm just one mama following the path to woke and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. Hey, hey, welcome beautiful mama. Welcome to this week's episode on One Woke Mama. Today I'm talking about resourcing yourself and stretching your window of tolerance. But before I get into the nitty gritty of what that actually is, I want to share a story with you, as I always love to do. It was Monday of this week, so I'm recording today on Sunday. It was a long weekend and my husband had taken his his children... <laughs> isn't that a Freudian slip, had taken our children to see his grand, oh my God, to see his parents. Wow. I'm not going to edit any of that because, you know, real life. Anyway, they were gone and I had a whole day to myself as I do every week, as I do right now. And I was sitting in a cafe reading and drinking a cup of tea when I bumped into a local mama friend. Long story short, A few hours later, she wrote me a beautiful message. She wrote to me and said, I wouldn't normally say this to anyone, but as I know you consciously aim to always develop spiritually, I want to say that there was something different about you this afternoon. You seemed deeply relaxed and content. You were glowing, though you always glow, which I thought was hilarious, but anyway. And it was beautiful and heartwarming. I'm not sharing this with you because I felt the need to gloat. (laughs) Although it feels pretty good when somebody offers such a beautiful, generous comment like that. Feedback like that is always welcome, of course. But I'm sharing this with you because as soon as I read that message, I almost burst out laughing because, of course, I was feeling deeply relaxed and content. I had a whole day away from my children. And it's taken me a really long time to say that out loud and to not feel shame or guilt or to feel judged because I love my children and I love being with them, but I am one of those women that does need chunks of time away for a number of reasons, which I'll get into. Now, some women like this particular mama that had wrote this message doesn't need time away in that way. She doesn't need it and nor does she want it. I do. And when I read her message, it reminded me of the person that I once was before having children, deeply relaxed and content and present and in a very heartwarming space. And I'm not going to say to you that 
I'm no longer like that. I am very much still like that and in different ways. I'm like that in a deeper way. But it is more work for me to get to that space because I do need a lot of alone time. I do need a lot of time away. I'm an introvert by nature, away from people. I need to be in my own space and doing my own work and my own practices. That's what I need. And it's taken me two children to fully embrace that and to take that without guilt or shame or judgment. But it's, it's stuck with me, those words that she shared all week, because it made me start to question, why do some people need this more than others? Why do I need that time away, that stillness, that space in my own work and in my own body and with my own breath and my own movement and my own practices? Why do I need that? And for example, she doesn't. I'm sure she'd like more time away, but she doesn't crave it or what I really need to underline here is need it like I do. Now, threaded through all of this, as you guys know, I've been studying neurobiology, trauma, somatics and embodiment practices and work, expanding my coaching certificates. And there is something that has been landing with me, not only through my studies, but through my own personal healing journey and my own mentoring that I've been receiving and listening to other people's podcasts and other people's work. There's so much that I've been absorbing around why some people need more time away and why some people don't. And it comes down to our hardwiring, our nervous system, our base level of being. So for example, I've shared this before, I entered this world wired up. I entered strung out. I entered super alert. And that means my nervous system was probably not so easily relaxed into the parasympathetic. My nervous system needed assistance to switch into rest and digest mode, to switch into a calm state of being. It's much easier for me to be triggered and to enter into a state of fight or flight, to enter into a high alert state, to enter into a reactionary stressed state. And I know that. I know the signals in my body when that happens. I can feel it in my breath. I can feel it in the tension that comes up through my neck and the knot in my belly. And it's because of this nervous system dysregulation that I have a natural tendency towards that I've ended up on this really amazing journey of yoga and spirituality and breath work and embodiment and healing and then bringing that out into the world and serving other people through my own experience and my own growth. Some people don't come into the world like that. I think I shared this in last week's episode Some people come into the world in a much more embodied state. Their soul is much happier and quicker to rest into the body. The nervous system is in a safe mode more frequently. And the ability to stay in a calm state, it's a stronger ability. You know, it's, it's much 
uh, it takes much more for that kind of person to switch into fight or flight mode. Whereas for me, the smallest things could have triggered me off as a child. As I said many times, I was often described as too stressed, too strung out, calm down, Claire, don't be so sensitive. Not only was my nervous system wide up, but I'm also coupled with high sensitivity and an empathic nature and deeply intuitive and deeply feeling. So we're all different and there's no judgment here. You know, shout out to my girls and my boys out there who have nervous systems just like mine because I know that it takes more for you to be in the world and you've probably done a lot of work on yourself. And then there's those that are so beautiful to be around and so grounded and content and calm and they bring such a delicious quality into our lives and they show us what it looks like and feels like to be more embodied and to be more centred and in more spaciousness within their experience of life, letting life flow through rather than resisting and pushing back on life. So what I want to dive into here is resourcing yourself and stretching your ability to tolerate within life and motherhood. That day when my friend bumped into me at the cafe, I had spent the day in a state of resourcing. I was doing work that I loved. I was reading. I was moving slowly. I was doing breath work and meditation and I did some yoga practice. And I went on a walk in the sunshine. I did all these things that we call tools or practices or resources. But I'm going to talk to you about this from a slightly different angle. I'm going to talk to you about this from a more... Uh, brain space, a neurobiology space. I'm bringing you to a man called Dan Siegel, which many of you might know. He is the author of The Whole Brain Child and lots of other books that are just awesome and life-changing and I highly recommend you dive into his work. Just hit YouTube to begin with and just Google Dan Siegel and you will learn so much. But Dan Siegel has coined this idea and this phrase called the window of tolerance. There's different phrases for that out there but this is the word that I'm using today the window of tolerance so at the very high end of this window is this hyper aroused state where you're kind of stuck on on your on switch is permanently on you're in fight or flight you have a fast heartbeat there's tension or shallow breathing your eyes could be darting here and there in any given moment you feel ungrounded unsettled you feel disconnected it's hard for you to feel and process and to hold space for other people or for yourself. You feel scatty. And that hyperarousal might not be all the time, but it will be something that you easily switch into. And that's at the extreme end of that. At the other end of that is hypoarousal. When you're stuck on off, you're in a freeze state, a survival response state. You're in a collapsed helpless, depressed, shameful, I can't state. There's a slower heartbeat here. Your breath would be slow. There'd be no tension. It's almost like a state of giving up. It's just a floppy, collapsed state. I'm talking to you first about these two extreme states because it's in the middle of those two states that we want to be. We want to be in the middle of those two states within the window of tolerance. We want to be in a state where we feel resilient and integrated and grounded and present. 
connected to yourself and connected to the world around you and in a state of support or understanding that you were always supported. To be able to hold space for yourself and for others, to be able to work through your stuff in a state of presence and calm. This is a really powerful state to be in. And if we think about this from a motherhood perspective, how much better are we able to cope with the toddler dramas and the poo explosions and the incessant questions and the constant scheduling and the naps and the routine and the socialising dramas and the emotional dysregulation and on it goes of our children. We're better able to cope when we are in this beautiful window of tolerance. When we're able to stay in that state or bring ourselves into that state, that is a really powerful space to be in and a powerful tool to have, to know when you've clicked into hyperarousal, so your fight or flight mode, when your nervous system has hit sympathetic mode, or when you're in extreme parasympathetic mode, which is hypoarousal, where you're collapsed. They often refer to this as a feigning of death, where you're in a depressed, flat, giving up state. Can't go on state. So if we're thinking about this from a motherhood perspective, how do we bring ourselves into this state? How do we come into the window of tolerance? Or how do we learn to be in that or learn to bring ourselves back into that or learn to stretch our window? So if you imagine that for some of us who have an easily triggered nervous system, maybe our window is really small and it's easy for us to jump out of that window, which is the state where we feel present and calm and grounded. And it's easy for us to not be in that space because our window is small. But maybe over time, as it has been for me over the years, we're able to slowly stretch that window, widen that space. So it takes a lot more for you to reach hyper or hypo arousal. So bringing it back to my beautiful mama friend, I think it takes quite a lot before she is out of her window of tolerance. I think it takes quite a lot before she is triggered to fight or fight, before she is triggered to freeze. I do have to also have to add here, just so that we're not feeling comparison, she has two incredible children. They, she's got two unicorn babies, right? They're both so chilled and so easy. But I also see that they're so chilled and so easy because her baseline is chilled and easy. She runs at a continuous parasympathetic mode, grounded, present, calm. Maybe looking at my beautiful Soleil and how she entered the world, nervous system switched on, completely alert, hyper-aroused for sure, unable to switch off, absorbing the world with every sense. Maybe she came into the world because that's who she is, <clears throat> excuse me, but also because she came into the world via a mother who was running that state of being in her brain, in her body, in her nervous system, in her energy. And I most likely got that from my mother and from her mother. Side note here, this is why I'm so passionate about this work because I realize that I can change this for my daughter and for myself. Not entirely, but maybe I can prevent this from being passed down the mother line more and more. You know, I don't begrudge my mother or her mother or her mother 
for not doing quote unquote the work because that's not what that generation was able to do. They did not have those facilities or capabilities or opportunities. But I do. So I see it as my service, privilege, honor, requirement that I do this work for myself, learning how to resource myself, learning how to support myself, teaching that to my children so that I can prevent that being passed down. That generational trauma does not need to continue. I will not create a perfect lineage. No one will. These children will have their own wounds, which we've discussed many times before. But I can make changes slowly, surely, with passion and purpose. So coming back to this window of tolerance, how do we stretch into that window of tolerance and how do we widen it so that we can learn how to be in motherhood and in life and in our careers and with our relationships, all of it. And when I say motherhood, I'm really just talking about life, guys. How do we be in that and stretch into that so that we can feel more of that content, happy, relaxed, grounded, present state, coping coping with joy instead of coping with struggle. And this is what the resourcing is about, what I'm going to share with you. How we can do that is about the practices that you bring into your life. And I've been talking about this for years now, for 10 years now, the tools in my toolkit. But I want to talk to, talk to you through these in a slightly different perspective. I want to talk to you about your resourcing list that maybe you don't even realize that you have on hand and that you don't use enough. Other people talk about these same things in different languages. So what's your wellness toolkit or what are the practices that connect you back to your higher self or how do you tune into your intuition? Ultimately, they actually all blend into the same category in the same bundle. But let's dive in anyway. So I've written myself a list recently of what my resourcing list is for myself at the moment. How many times can you say the word list, Claire? <laughs> and I'm just going to rattle some of them off for you and see what jumps out to you. But it's no surprises what half of them are going to be. EFT, tapping. I literally tap every morning and it changes my window of tolerance. It broadens it. I can go from being awake for hours three o'clock to six o'clock in the morning with a teething baby and still be dancing in the kitchen with the children yes I'm snappy and yes sometimes I'm short and I'm not perfect throughout the day but I'm able to come into my center faster and I'm able to come back to grounding and not be stuck in the story and the drama of what's unfolded and also I'm able to get my system my nervous system back into parasympathetic mode White light grounding, so channeling white light from the higher realm and bringing it down through my body and earthing it right down into the ground. Grounding through my feet, a simple practice of feeling my feet on the floor. I do this daily just before I walk into Soleil's room when she wakes up in the morning. I place my feet on the floor. They're already there, of course, but consciously. And I connect to the earth beneath my feet. And I remind myself I'm down, I'm in my body, I'm connected to myself and I'm connecting to her now through that space of groundedness. A practice called orienting in space, which I'm going to take you through at the end of this, so I'll leave that there. The extended exhale breathing. So in yoga, we often do this breath, breathing 
on the exhale for as long as you can. So really pushing that exhale back out. Breathing in and out of your mouth is also a really beautiful one like this. <sighs> Sighing deeply as you exhale out. Solar plexus holding, placing my hand on my solar plexus and breathing into that space, connecting to the energy, the boundary energy, the warrior energy, the safe container of empowerment that I have around me. Breathing with arm flowing practices, pranic breathing. Qigong, shaking your body. Breathing with sound or singing or making sounds or omming. And there's a reason for this because it helps to activate the vagus nerve within your body, which is directly relinked to this resourced state when we're in parasympathetic mode and we're grounded and we're centered. I'm going to talk more about the vagus nerve another time because that's like, I could talk about that for hours. But anyway, self-touch, giving yourself a bear hug, squeezing your neck, your shoulders, rubbing your belly, touching your body with your own hands to bring some tactile sensation and connection back into yourself. Meditating, of course. How could I have not mentioned meditating yet? For me meditating with a mantra or doing an angel meditation where I call an Archangel Michael has been really powerful for me this year and very healing and brings me back into a state of centeredness and expands my window of tolerance. But so far, a lot of the examples I've given you are things that you can do in the moment when you're feeling triggered and when you're feeling that you're jumping into hyperarousal or hypoarousal. Other extended practices like visualization, these are beautiful practices to help you connect to yourself and to your future and to your dreams on a daily basis. Earthing, laying down or walking on the earth, on the grass, on the sand, on the soil. And so many other practices, so many other breathing practices, so many other movement practices like yoga, flow or just gentle stretches. When I'm with my children and I'm feeling triggered by their stuff or I'm feeling triggered by just what's unfolding with us, sometimes it's just a really audible breath and a hand on my belly. Sometimes it's shaking my hands and just physically moving my shoulders and my hips just to kind of start to flow energy through my system again and bring myself back into my body, bring myself out of my head and disconnect from that... <sighs> that switch into stress mode, that's so quick. I can feel my heart rate. I can feel my butterflies go off in my belly. I can feel changes ripple through my system quickly. And this takes awareness. Maybe you're not at that stage yet. Maybe you need to take some time to notice the signs and signals in your breath, in your body, and your mind when you switch into that nervous system dysregulation when you notice that your window of tolerance is really shortened and you've jumped way out of that resourced space. These are really simple practices and you don't need to go and study and do something and do a course to learn them. You're probably doing so many of them already or you probably have forgotten them or you do them whenever you go to a yoga class but you don't bring them into your daily life. That's just an example. So this window of tolerance is really powerful because it creates a broader bandwidth for coping and handling your motherhood journey, for coping and handling your life, parenting, womanhood, human journey, and all the things that come within that. 
There is so much on our plates. There is so much in our life. And I haven't even mentioned how much social media takes from us, how much energy goes into that. So how can you consider your resources, your toolkit, and how can you start to work on stretching your tolerance so that you can hold space for yourself and for others throughout your daily journey? Right now, press pause or later on or pull out your phone or whenever you can, jot down your resourcing list. How do you resource yourself? Maybe just choose five and start drip feeding them into your life over the next week or two and see how it changes. One of the big things for me was remembering that music really regulates myself. So in the morning, the first thing I do is I come out, plug my phone in and put Buddha radio on the speaker by Bluetooth so that when I'm cooking breakfast and hanging out with the kids, there's always music in the background and they settle, I settle. There is this shift into a tolerant window space. So in a moment, I'm going to take you through a really simple practice called orienting. It's just about orienting yourself in space, but it actually activates a particular part of the brain in the way that we move our head when we do this. Before I do that, though, I just want to leave you with this idea, a beautiful idea, that motherhood provides you the opportunity always to keep expanding and growing by pushing you to your edge. Your children will push you to your edge and each time you then get to broaden your bandwidth, extend how you cope, widen your window of tolerance. It's not easy, but growth is not easy. It's a stretching and stretching comes with growing pains, aches. So please see every opportunity that you've pushed been pushed sorry or that you are cracking or breaking in some way or that you don't show up perfectly as an opportunity to grow and a moment of gratitude coming through then so that you can say wow I've just been shown again that this is an area that I can work through and expand into and grow into and find more ease and flow and lightness on the other side not all of us we're born with a regulated nervous system, with an energetic system fully aligned and integrated, with embodiment complete. Some of us, like me, dysregulated, not fully embodied, energetic system shot in some way, whatever. But there's just so much goodness in that because I get to always grow. And I know on a soul level that was my one desire, to come back to earth to grow to grow and expand and then to support others to do the same and that I will not stop growing. But you can't grow if there's nothing to grow from. So there has to be some element of brokenness or wounding to get to that point. Are you with me? I'm just trying to show you that this is actually beautiful. It's beautiful. It's always beautiful. And it really lights me up. Okay, so when you're ready... Maybe you're listening to this driving or cooking or whatever. Don't do this while you're driving, obviously. But if you're seated or even just cooking in the kitchen or folding laundry or you're at work and you have a minute, you can do this orienting practice. So just take a moment to close your eyes down. If it's not safe or comfortable for you to close your eyes down, you're welcome to keep your eyes slightly open, just gazing down at the floor. 
soft focus through your eyes. Take a few deep breaths, nice and slow, filling up your belly, expanding your rib cage, and gently lifting the chest. And a long, slow, deep breath out through the mouth, extending that exhale. Perhaps trying to breathe in for two or three counts. And as you breathe out, breathe out for an extra two counts. Breathing in. And exhale, extending that breath out. Just taking a moment to feel into your body from the crown of your head, gently scanning downward across your face, your neck, your shoulders, down through your arms and the tips of your fingers, scanning through your chest, your heart space and rib cage, your solar plexus and belly, your pelvis and hips, down both of your legs, down to your feet. We're not looking for anything in particular, you're just noticing your body. Bring your attention all the way down to your feet and I'd like you to notice your feet on the floor. You might like to spread and open your toes, pressing down, connecting to the ground beneath you. Maybe feeling your socks or your shoes or your bare feet, whatever is going on with your feet right now, just notice and observe. You might like to press into different parts of your feet just so you can feel the pressure and the weight. And as your mind jumps up and away from your feet, just slowly draw your mind and your attention and your awareness back to your feet. And taking a few breaths in and out, almost imagining that you are breathing through the soles of your feet, drawing the breath up from Mother Earth up through your feet and your belly, through your throat, your crown of your head, and back down. So you can stay here normally for as long as you like in this practice, breathing, becoming aware of the environment around you by noticing sounds or even smells, connecting to the base of your feet. The particular element of this orienting practice is what's about to unfold. So when you're ready, and if they're not already, slowly cracking your eyes open. Keep your gaze very soft and downward. And while your eyes are gently opening, you might like to start to notice the sounds around you. Maybe you're cooking something nearby or the kettle's just boiled. Maybe the children are playing in the background or you're at work and you can hear keyboards tapping away. Maybe you can hear cars going by or birds outside or the washing machine on. You notice the sound and you just move to the next sound. Then you might like to gently open your eyes a little more and allow the light to come to your eyes and allow what's directly in front of your gaze to come to your eyes rather than your eyes immediately seeking out information and sights and visions. Just to let what's 
in front of you come to you. And then as your eyes open fully, I'd like you to very carefully start to look around the room. But I want you to move your whole head and neck. So you're not just moving your eyes to scan the room, but you're deliberately and intentionally moving your head and neck to turn and take in the space around you and do so slowly. Notice the pot plant, notice the clock, the light coming through the window. Whatever is around you, let your eyes cast upon it and move on, letting your neck and head turn at the same time. This particular action, moving your head in this way, activating the brain stem, which helps to communicate to your nervous system, to orient you in space, to send a message to your body and your brain that all is safe and well. And then when you're ready, you might like to gently stretch your neck, your head, take a few deep breaths. And here you are, reoriented back into space. That is an incredibly simple practice, but one that you can do frequently throughout your day, one that will bring you back into regulation, into groundedness and centeredness, one that will resource you, and one that will bring you into that window of tolerance if you've left it. And it's one that I use frequently with my clients too. So I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode about resourcing yourself and stretching your window of tolerance, stretching yourself into that beautiful state that we all love to be in and how you use that to handle your life, your womanhood, your motherhood. It's always a pleasure to share this with you, especially as I'm bringing these practices more into my life or remembering them or sharing them with clients. It's always so special to share them with you. And while I have you here, I'll take this opportunity to remind you of the many resources that I have on claireobeyed.com that you can use in your daily life to support you, to resource you, to bring that window of tolerance into your life with much more ease and grace. You can visit the website and check out my meditation albums. There is a beautiful 12 meditation bundle called Om Mama Love, which also comes with 12 affirmation PDFs as well. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous album with meditations specifically designed for motherhood. But also coming up on November 11th is the next live round of the Alchemy of Emotional Freedom, which is an incredible masterclass where I teach you the beautiful skill, the resource of EFT, tapping, combined with chakra cleansing and white light healing and the power of essential oils as an anchor which communicates to a very special part of your brain called the amygdala to help bring you into a state of resourcing amongst other things. So you can check that out under the EFT masterclass tab on clarabay.com. It's $69.00. You get a whole member portal full of content and videos and access in the Facebook group to live videos and classes once it kicks off on November 11th. I would love for you to add this to your resourcing toolkit, to your wellness toolkit, 
to the way that you stretch into motherhood and beyond. So please check that out. And I'm going to leave you there because I like to keep these episodes short and sweet because I know how busy you are, beautiful mama. So thank you for tuning in and for connecting. And you know what? I love hearing from you. I love getting messages of how you feel or think or respond to different episodes. I love your feedback and your comments on iTunes. And of course, you subscribing and sharing this motivates me to keep going. So please don't ever feel that uh, your feedback is not wanted. It really truly is and it lights me up. So please do so if you can. Okay, as always, beautiful mama, I am just one mama like you on the path to work. And I hope that you choose to wake up with me too. Love and light.